0: Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please?
1: Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now... That's made of recycled plastic.
0: Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show?
1: Evian 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. <laughs> Hello, I'm Molly King. And I'm Matt Edmondson. And welcome back to Between the Lines, an official podcast from Wimbledon. And along with our good friends at Evian, we're going to be taking you behind the scenes at the All England Club to uncover what makes this tennis tournament so iconic, Molly.
0: Yes, we'll be with you throughout the whole tournament, chatting to tennis stars and celebrity guests who are all connected by a love of these great
1: championships. Plus, we're going to be sharing some of your memories of Centre Court as it prepares to turn 100 years old.
0: All of that. And so much more. So
1: sit back, relax and join us as we go Between the Lines at Wimbledon.
0: So Matt, we actually got away with it in episode one. Despite inviting ourselves round to Stan Vavrinka's,
1: they've actually allowed us back in Wimbledon. I know. I've yet to get the invite from Stan. Mm. Also, I can't stop thinking about what his mystery signature dish was. Why was he so reluctant to tell us. Didn't want to share it with us. What is it? I think he thinks if we
0: eat the same food as him, we might have the same skills. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it could be wildcard
0: next year. I've
1: never known anyone be so cagey about anything. It was a weird (laughs) thing to want to hold back. But you know what? I respect the man for doing it. Uh, Anyway, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Mod and I right now are on centre court, not actually on the court itself. I don't think anyone's allowed on there because of the grass.
0: No, especially not in these heels. I tell you that it could cause some real,
1: <laughs> real problems out there. Molden, get the memo, the shoe memo. Uh, no, we're on um, on some of the chairs out here, and it's it's basically us and about what fifteen other people here, a couple of security guards, yeah. some very official-looking Wimbledon people, and also there's a camera crew who are filming the winning trophy.
0: Unbelievable. The trophy is there, Matt. Can you see it? Can you imagine lifting that up?
1: I mean, I don't know if I've got the arm strength for it. It's um, <laughs> it's on a quite unimpressive looking trestle table, but I think that they're going to frame that out when they're filming it for the TV. Yep. I imagine the shot they're getting is incredible because it's in the foreground. Centre court is in the background. Um, it looks incredible. And also there's there's, can you hear that?
0: I can hear that. There's an alarm going off. I thought there? that was
1: just the sheen coming off the trophy. <laughs> I thought it was just glimmering and shining in the sunshine.
0: I'm worried that it is going off because perhaps we are in here. We are intruding on something where everyone looks very professional. Everyone's got the proper passes. And we have kind of just snuck our way in here.
1: Yes, we did sneak our way in past all the players on all the other courts. People are warming up. And I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect that many people to be on a court at once, because yeah. there are about six or seven of them all warming up on the same court at the same time. Yeah, we
0: saw quite a few, actually, didn't we, on Court 17. It's media day here, so there's loads of players kind of milling about. There's a lot of excitement. There's not actually any fans here yet, so it does feel like a kind of real sneak peek behind the curtain, Well, there are it? two fans
1: here. There's well, us. that's true. We've been allowed in, although <laughs> I don't know how much longer we will be allowed on Centre Court, because I think people do come and practice here. They come and train here. So I've heard rumour today that Emma Kanu is having a little warm up here and Serena Williams is also having a warm up. Obviously, I would like to stay and watch that. Uh, I reckon if we maybe disguise ourselves as a couple of green chairs, we might get away with it.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say disguise ourselves as tennis players. And I thought, mm, we've got a lot to do there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I reckon if you went and sat in the umpire's chair and acted confident, you might get away with it. <laughs> just occasionally shout fault i think you'll be all right oh well listen massive news from this week molly king which is that a little baby's on the way
0: (laughs) a baby is on the way i'm really hoping that the baby might be able to actually sort of absorb the fact that we're at wimbledon maybe soak up the atmosphere you know you never know the baby could come out and the first words could be ace
1: that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It goes, love. And you go, oh, it's saying love. 40. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's doing a tennis score. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, listen, I'm so excited. And, and you know, the baby can hear us. Hello, baby. Hello, Bubba. You're at Wimbledon. This is very exclusive. You're at are at Wimbledon. We, You're Wimbledon. In. we broke in. It's amazing. Um, It's so exciting, and uh, the team here behind the podcast did a lovely thing, which is from the Wimbledon gift shop. And by the way, if you've got a baby coming, go and get one of these for yourselves because they're amazing. And this isn't sponsored; this is just my own opinion. Uh, What did you get? What was the gift?
0: This the most adorable official Wimbledon baby grow. Oh, it's so cute! It's adorable. It's actually my first baby thing. Like Baby I gift. First baby gift, but I haven't even bought anything myself even. So I'm like holding up this tiny, tiny baby grow like, oh my goodness, there is going to be a little baby There's going to be a baby there. and
1: it's going to be wearing that and looking like the coolest baby on the block. <laughs> well, listen, you've got a little bump forming and it's not the only exciting one here at Wimbledon. I am questioning, though, what are we meant to call it? Murray Mound? Henman Hill.
0: Very smooth that, Matt. Well done. Thank you done. very
1: much. I mean, much. like the hill.
0: Let's be honest. I think you and I, when we were growing up, it was Henman Hill. Speak for yourself. Right? showing our age. But I think it's very much Murray Mound
1: now. But yes. there's got to be
0: one for Emma Raducanu. Uh, can I pitch
1: one? Go on. Raducanu Rise. Always
0: oh, thought about this. Now, that
1: is the first time anyone's heard that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's going to take off. Jot
0: it down. You'll hear that in
1: the official Wimbledon commentary. Be- I guarantee it.
0: Because of you saying it, or you think someone else might have thought this of it? This is it. it
1: exactly i'm patient zero when it comes to raducanu rise and that is going to spread like wildfire i'm telling you now that's what they're going to call it
0: (laughs) well as we mentioned earlier it is media day today and let's be honest there is one player that
1: everybody wants to speak to i think you mean emma raducanu and you know what we've got her on the podcast she is the reigning us open champion but 12 months ago at this very tournament she burst onto the world stage remember this
2: british tennis has a new start. Wimbledon has a new start. And we have just heard one of the sporting roars of the year. -year 18-year-old, 18-year-old Emma Raducanu.
0: What a star she has become, as well as being brilliant at tennis. She's the number 10 seed here this year. Emma is also a global ambassador for our partner on the pod, Evian. And here she is in conversation with our reporter... Renee Stubbs.
3: All right, Emma, first of all, as a US Open champion, welcome back to Wimbledon. Thanks. What are you looking forward to the most this year being here?
4: Definitely looking forward to walking out onto the court for the first time and just experiencing the atmosphere. I think that whatever happens, it's just something that I would dream of, you know, why I play tennis, to walk out onto, onto court here at Wimbledon hearing the atmosphere, hearing everyone behind you. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward for that moment. It's
3: been a tough couple of years for the world, really. Um, also for Wimbledon.
4: And finally this
3: year, we're gonna have a full house. How special is that going to be for someone like you, being obviously British to be here with a full crowd?
4: Yeah, incredibly special. I felt like everyone was really behind me last year and it wasn't even full capacity. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out on court this year, of course. And uh, yeah, I think that Wimbledon, everything sort of started here for me and I'm really excited to to come back here with some of the experiences that I've learned in the last year.
3: So as you can see behind us, is they're watering this beautiful, magnificent court. It's the 100 year anniversary of Centre Court. Can you tell me your earliest memory of this particular court, whether it was (laughs) on television or in person?
4: Yeah, my earliest memory of Wimbledon Centre Court in person was I came here, with my first ever coach and a, a little boy who was like a bit older than me at the time, but uh, we came here and and we actually watched Serena. She she absolutely creamed someone in like 45 minutes, <laughs> and um, that was definitely my earliest memory. And I just couldn't believe, you know, how hard she was hitting the ball and how how good they were. And but that that whole day trip for me was uh, was so much fun. I remember it was like a once. A year thing that we would look forward to and we were asking everyone for their autographs from from the ground staff we were getting everyone's autographs and uh, it was a treat so whenever we would have the courage to you know ask a player for their autograph we'd get a jelly baby so yeah that, that's definitely my fondest memory
3: can you take me back to last year because it was just a phenomenal rise for you that's where really everyone sort of found out about your name in particular before what happened in new york what was that feeling like for you to play here and get the support of the hometown crowd?
4: Yeah, that experience for me, it's, it's where it all started. I just came out of my exam, so I just felt so relieved, like everything was off my shoulders. I was just like, you know, a kid having fun, like just going crazy. And then playing, I think the, the most special moment was when I won my third round match on court one. And yeah, the feeling I had... I, I had it once after I won the US Open. It was literally just like, I don't know, my body sort of stopped and I didn't know what was going on. And yeah, very emotional, but I really enjoyed that. And and I feel like coming back here, I'm even more looking forward to it because yeah, of the crowd and everything.
3: When you were here watching that match, uh, when you saw Serena play or sit in here, what's the one thing about this particular court that is so unique and different to anywhere else in the world?
4: Well, for me, I feel like it's just the, the feeling and the history and the prestige about it. I think that it's just, like, being British, I feel like I always grew up, especially at Wimbledon, following it. You know, all your memories to do with tennis are sort of Wimbledon from an early age, and that's that's definitely, I feel like, the, the most special thing about this place is that it's got a, a bit of a different feeling to to maybe the other tournaments.
3: Now, you said you had watched Serena in here, but if there was another match throughout the last hundred years of this particular court and there's been some spectacular matches, if you could sit in a seat here again, um, not that you need to worry about getting tickets anymore, but (laughs) if you had to and you got that lottery ticket, what match would you like to go back on in history of the last hundred years here and watch?
4: I would have love to have been here for annie murray's first title i think that the whole country was just going wild and uh, i would have loved to sort of be here and experience it in person and hear it because uh, i bet the sound was was pretty surreal and i think that they turn it down on tv because it's quieter when they watch things back
3: (laughs) (laughs) well that's because you've experienced it now (laughs) so a year after having the success that you had here, and of course, winning a Grand Slam already at your tender age, going through qualifying and all of that sort of stuff, to come back here, there might be a chance to walk onto that court. What are you going to tell yourself if you do have that opportunity to walk around those curtains <laughs> and onto this court?
4: I mean, I'd probably just tell myself that this is, this is what I started playing tennis for. To to walk onto centre court, it's it's literally like, you know what you have a vision of what you have a picture of in your head and i think it's going to be the most special feeling and uh yeah i'm I'm just happy that i would have been able to say look i did that i played on center court but obviously looking forward to to getting out there and putting my game on the court too
1: Really great to hear from Emma Raducanu there. Presumably, there's going to be loads more focus on her over the coming days.
0: Yes,
4: well, not only
0: have we got Emma on the pod, but he's back. He couldn't get enough. The tennis expert, sports journalist, Charlie Eccleshare. Hey, Charlie.
5: Hello, how you doing?
1: We're very good. Thank you once again for Ecclesharing your wisdom with us. I am going to make that stick. <laughs> now, this is, that is right? devastating. You- yeah. <laughs> this is your legacy, Charlie. Okay, <laughs> run with me on this. You Primary
5: can, school all over again.
1: You can work with me or you can work against me. I've done both, Charlie, and it's <laughs> easy to go with him,
0: all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you've obviously covered Wimbledon for a number of years, and you've been a fan for even longer. So you've seen the hype around all the British players. How does this buzz around Emma Raducanu compare?
5: Well, I think she's had more cut through. I mean, when I was growing up, it was Tim Henman, which mm. for sort of tennis fans like me was huge. But I don't think he kind of had the popular culture appeal um, as much as I loved him. and Andy Murray, probably the same. Emma Raducanu, I feel, is um, she's just so widely admired and loved, and has that kind of buzz. So I think this is this is different to what we've seen before.
0: Do you think with that excitement and that adoration from the fans comes a sort of heightened scrutiny?
5: Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the big things she's had to deal with the last year. Is It's not just getting used to playing tennis at a high level. It's that constant focus and attention. And she's, yeah. she went stratospheric in Didn't no she? time. I yes. mean, she. it really was extraordinary, the run she had both last year, then winning the US Open. So by anyone's standard, it's been a crazy year.
1: Because I guess in tennis, people will have been tracking her for a long time. She was by no means an overnight success. No one in this sport can be. But to the wider public consciousness, it was sort of life before Emma Raducanu won the US Open and then life after.
5: Yeah, and and here getting to the fourth round of course, where, yeah. where, where that hype all started. But even with the tennis world, she, she was known, and I remember interviewing her at Junior Wimbledon and in 2018, and there was buzz and excitement. But then she didn't play very much because of the COVID pandemic mm. in the year leading up to Wimbledon last year year so there actually wasn't as much excitement as there might have been it was this kind of this sense that she had come out of nowhere even though as you say of course it wasn't overnight for her and came off the back of a huge amount of work but it it did have that feeling I think to to the wider world
0: we have had now the draw for the championship sound if Emma were to make the final a week on Saturday who are some of the players that she's gonna have to get past to get there
5: Well, I mean, she's got a pretty tough draw. Even her first round match against Alison van Oitvank is a tricky one. Van Oitvank got to the fourth round here in 2018. She's a French Open quarter finalist uh, in years gone by. She's a really tricky first round opponent. So, you know, the tennis cliche is you take it one match at a time. Won't be looking beyond that. Obviously, we're not players, so we can do that, which is a lot funner. And, you know, you look then in her half, she's got Onze Jaber, who's you know, one one of the favorites to win it and it conservates the number two seed. So <laughs> look, there are some really, really hard players in her half. And I, I do think even even winning that first round match would be would be some achievement given the fitness issues that, that Emma's had.
1: I'm so sorry to interrupt Charlie, but can you hear that squeaking? I've in never seen anyone put a tennis net up before. <laughs> but it's going up now and they're being, as you would imagine, incredibly particular about it, getting the height just perfect they got the measuring sticks out. Yeah, they can't have it sort of
0: dipping or going over. It's got to be exact, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's very
1: annoying, isn't it? If you've ever played tennis on a not-so-good court, which was every court I've ever played on, <laughs> yeah. when it sags in the middle.
0: Oh, I love it sagging. It's the only way I get it <laughs> over. That's the court I try and hunt down. I'm like, that's the one.
1: There's With the wind you. blowing to get it even <laughs> yeah. lower. Okay, Charlie, well, thank you as ever for Eccles sharing your knowledge with us. We will talk more to you later on about the men's draw in a moment. And when we come back, we're going to hear from another Brit hoping to make his mark at Wimbledon in 2022.
0: Drink more of what makes you sparkle. Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles discover Evian sparkling water who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles
1: Moll, well, it's been a great one so far, hasn't it? Yes,
0: loving it. We've
1: already heard from Emma Kanu, and we promised you another Brit on the podcast. And this man is a two-time Grand Slam singles champion and 18, yes, I said 18 times doubles champion. And he's won all the majors and Paralympic gold at the Paralympics as well. He also happens to be the reigning Wimbledon doubles champion too. There's almost too many stats on this guy. <laughs> it's wheelchair tennis superstar Gordon Reed, And Moll and I were lucky enough to catch up with him earlier on. Firstly thank you
0: so much for joining us here today. First things first whereabouts are you right now?
6: Uh, yeah thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here and uh, I'm just at home at the moment and up in Glasgow. Uh, I'll be traveling down, down south in a couple of days to, to get on the grass hopefully. How are you feeling about it? I know you, um, you've sustained a bit of an injury can you tell us about that? Um, the week after Roland Garros had another tournament in France, and my one of my tendons snapped and my wrist when I was playing a match. So,
3: oh, um, gosh. yeah, so
6: we're, we've just been rehabbing it since then. And yeah, there's um, a chance that I play Wimbledon. There's uh, it was a small chance. I think it's a bit bigger now, but. We'll just need to see how it goes over the next few days.
0: Yeah, gosh, keeping everything crossed. I've heard that when you snap a tendon, does it sound like an elastic band (laughs) has,
6: has snapped?
0: Is that how it sounds? I've heard it is.
6: Yeah, well, you know what? I didn't actually hear anything. I hit a second serve. I just felt something like sort of halfway up my forearm just ping. Oh, my goodness. And I didn't hear anything, Gosh. but it just didn't really feel too bad. It was just kind of a strange sensation in the forearm.
1: Oh, mate, I'm sorry to hear that. It sounds um, it sounds stressful. And uh, are your rehab and physio people saying that you can still play in spite of it snapping?
6: I think it's quite unusual for this specific tendon to snap. and So it's not seen very often. So we need to wait and see what maybe I don't get back function-wise or strength-wise. But the hope is that with rehab and strengthening everything else around it, I should be able to continue without having to repair it
0: how does that Gordon affect your mindset because I know so my partner's an athlete and he had a horrible injury last year and for him obviously the rehab was really difficult but the biggest thing was just the mindset it was staying positive and being able to keep that focus of like I will get better I know I'll be back out on the field how does that affect you do you manage to stay positive
6: well I think I'm quite a positive person in general so um you know I try my best to do that but yeah obviously I mean like anything when you when you can't do what you want to be doing when you're away from work when you want to be there and we train as athletes as you will know to to compete and um when you when you don't have the opportunity to do that it's it's challenging what did you do in that
1: period are we talking box set binges <laughs> there's a few there's a few yeah. of
6: them yeah um i was at home a lot and that's unusual for us as, as tennis players because we travel so much yeah. so i was just enjoying living a sort of normal life and um, seeing family and friends a little bit more I've, I've got a little niece and nephew uh, that live a little bit away from me so I could go and visit them a little bit more and, and spend some time with them so that was quite nice and you know, I was trying to make the most of things that I wouldn't normally get a chance to do They're like, can you push us on the swings? No! <laughs> no I can't! I'm not allowed to exert these
1: oh, I told you! No, I was like, that's
6: my sister. I can't even change a nappy, sorry. You know, it's my rest and oh, my rest. The so, greatest excuse true. of all. Exactly,
1: yeah. um, Well, listen, we wish you the best of luck when it comes to your recovery for Wimbledon. We'd love to see you here. We know the crowd would love to see you mm. as well. I cannot imagine what it's like being a Brit at Wimbledon,
0: And what does it feel like lifting that trophy? You've obviously done it in the singles and the doubles. Is it one of those things that you kind of dreamt of as a youngster? Like I know I dreamt of, you know, winning. A, with me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just what I was about to say. Sure. And I can't believe my dreams have come true. I can see it. I can Gordon, see it in your face. You're know, absolutely loving right? it. I know, <laughs> She's so lucky. He took the words out of my mouth. But I mean, how does it feel? Does it feel like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this?
6: Yeah, I think when you're in that moment you don't you don't really think the bigger picture you're just living it, you're just uh, enjoying the, the atmosphere and obviously in, in those moments it's right after the match so the emotions are still running high and mm. I don't think you're really thinking that clearly. you're just I think that's the for me that's always been the best way to do it. Just sort of living the moment and, and enjoy it because it doesn't doesn't come around that often.
1: Yeah, and it takes a crazy amount of work to get to the position you are, and to uh, all the accolades that you have. But I'm interested in where it started for you. So, what made you get into uh, tennis in the first place?
6: Well, it was, it was such a long time ago. Uh, I never really know the full story because uh, I was too young to remember it. But
1: how young are we talking there?
6: I think I was about six when I first started hitting the ball. Okay. Um, I think originally. It was like short tennis. I started playing indoors with the wee sponge balls and just went from there, really. I I just absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the sport. Um, You know, it was through the summers when I was a kid. I would spend every day uh, of the week all day at the tennis club. You know, I'd cycle down the right first thing in the morning and I'd be there, you know, literally thought it got dark. And when I first needed to use a wheelchair when I was about 12, 13, I was coming out of this period of being in hospital and kind of adapting to... To life with a disability and then I wanted to get back involved in sports and tennis was the one that seemed to be the most accessible. So um, that was how I got first introduced to wheelchair tennis when I was 13.
0: It's incredible that you did have this love for tennis and then you turned it into this love and huge success in wheelchair tennis. I mean, where where did your inspiration come from? What was the source of your inspiration at that point?
6: When I was a kid, like, uh, like most British tennis players, it was just watching Wimbledon on TV. Um, yeah, I'm just saying that because we're, we're <laughs> you guys are in Wimbledon. We're talking. <laughs> that, that, that's the truth. Like the, that's the big event. You know, it's so iconic with the grass and the all white kit, and you know that's the ones that you watch when you're a kid and, and you dream about playing there one day. And you know, for me, that that was a big inspiration in my tennis journey early on. And then I think when I started playing wheelchair tennis, most inspiring thing for me was seeing the other guys, the older guys that were already playing the sport. I hadn't had much experience of seeing other people in wheelchairs and to see them flying around the court in their chairs and just also just enjoying themselves and having a laugh and, you know, the passion they had and everything like that. That all, uh, you know, rubbed off on me loads and, you know, that was a great start to my wheelchair tennis career.
0: So, Gordon, for anyone who doesn't know who's listening right now, can you explain to us some of the unique rules of wheelchair tennis? Yeah, so
6: it's, I mean, for uh, for any the great thing about our sport is for anybody that, that loves tennis it's so easy to just start watching your tennis as well because the only real difference in the in the whole sport is that we're allowed two bounces of the ball. So the first one has to be inside the you know the confines of the court as usual and the second one can land anywhere. But everything else is exactly the same. So you know the scoring system, the size of the court, the height of the net, um, you know, the rackets and balls we use, they're all exactly the same. Um, the only other rule that I always say is different is there's no foot faults in wheelchair tennis. It's a wheel fault. So Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's that's the only that's the only difference. And then obviously the equipment, you know, we use the chair to get around and um, there's a different dynamic with the way we move on the court because we have to try and, you know, always keep moving and keep that momentum with the chair. Whereas when you're playing on your feet, you know, there's a lot of start, stops and quick change of direction. So yeah. Um, yeah, it looks a little bit different in terms of the way we move.
1: Yeah, we were watching a highlight reel of some of your best bits before talking to you. And uh, I mean, we don't need to tell you this, you know, you're world number two. You're really good. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Unbelievable. It, it looks effortless and also so much effort at the same time. It has a sort of element of, um, you know, patting your head and rubbing your tummy about it in, in terms of having to control not only where and how fast and in what direction the wheelchair's going, but also sort of resetting yourself in some of the double stuff, the communication that you have with your partner. It's um, it's unbelievable. How long did it take for you to sort of feel comfortable with doing, I think you're doing like three different things at once, the sort of strategic thinking, the the hitting a ball with a racket, and also the the movement of the chair. How long does it take to get that? Synergy working, so it looks as effortless as it does.
6: A long time, very long time. Um, you know that's the biggest challenge in, in our sport is to learn the movement, because as you say, you know there's so much going on at the same time, and um, you have to judge how the, the distance away from the ball and the time to prepare your your racket, and um, you have to choose where you're gonna where you're gonna hit the ball. And for us as wheelchair players, when you take your hands off the wheels to prepare for that shot, it's very little, there's there's nowhere you can go really, because obviously we use our hands to to move the chair around. So um, you really have to to judge that well. And I think that's, that coordination is something that, Takes a long time to learn and it's something that you know I'm still working on today and still trying to master.
1: I've had to move to an automatic car, Gordon, because I <laughs> kept <laughs> stalling with a gear stick.
0: And that's a true story, <laughs> true
1: Gordon. Stalling. I was in
0: the car and I said, please just get automatic, please <laughs> as I stepped out of it, yeah. <laughs> um, so Gordon, we are celebrating the fact that Centre Court is turning one hundred. It's its birthday, big birthday, we should say. What are your kind of favourite memories of Centre Court?
6: Well, I've got loads. Um, I think going back to 2008, which was the first time I played at Wimbledon, I got the wild card in the the doubles that year. And they do this draw for the wheelchair players where every day there was a pair of tickets for centre court that one of the players would would get. So, you know, if you'd finished your matches for the day or if you were finished for for the week, you could go and watch whatever matches were on centre court and you know, it was all through the week. I was put my name down the wee sheet, and uh, I was I wasn't getting it, and I was thinking, ah, oh, there's no chance. I'm I'm not going to win this. <laughs> and then the last day, when it was the men's finals, they came over and said, yeah, you've won the tickets today. And I thought, okay, brilliant. Um, I've got a match in the morning. And then, and uh, Roger and Rafa were playing their their final that day, and, uh, and it was that epic match that's has gone down in history. And um, you know, I was there watching that. So. So that as a as a youngster being at my first Wimbledon was, was amazing to to watch and, and be inspired by yeah that wonderful yeah I was I was also on the centre court when when Andy won won his first Wimbledon oh wow um, so that was really special and uh, I was with my coach at the time Karen Ross who actually worked with Andy when he was a bit younger yeah and I remember he was walking around the uh, the court with his with his trophy doing a sort of lap of honour and there like, going Andy Andy lad Andy lad and uh, she, he walked past us but he obviously clocked the voice and came back around and like gave her a hug can I shoot my hand and he was oh, there with, a you guy. know the trophy in one hand and I'd never really met him before so for me that was like a huge moment as well so you know that that was a, an amazing experience as well they are they're sort of the the best memories for me and hopefully we can make some more and I think the next big one for wheelchair tennis is trying to get some matches on there as well and, you know, make more history like that.
1: Yeah, that'd be amazing. What brilliant memories there. We've been collecting memories for the podcast because obviously loads of people uh, who love Wimbledon just have that same experience of. Thinking, I cannot believe I'm here on Centre Court as it turns 100 this year. As Moll said, um, if you would like to share your story with us, by the way, you can find Wimbledon on social media. We're at Wimbledon, and if you use the hashtag uh, Centre Court 100, we would love to see your memories and share them on the podcast, just like Gordon's done with his there. Now, Gordon, I'm sure you heard last time on the podcast, we had Stan Wawrinka, Evian's global ambassador on. And he took part in our challenge, which we're actually going to get all of our guests to do, which is to leave a message in a bottle for the next person who appears on the podcast. So we can actually dig out Stan's message. Now, we don't know what this is, and uh, we can get your reaction to whatever inspirational words he's put down. Shall we see what he's written?
0: Let's do this.
1: All right. I'm looking forward to this. I tell you what, he stuffed it in there big time, hasn't he?
0: I tell you what, a bit of pressure there to not rip it as I was pulling it out, but Tight here squeeze. we go.
1: All right, what's he said?
0: Oh, what a guy! He's gone with his tattoo on his arm oh has he ever tried ever failed no matter try again fail again fail better it's good i love that such powerful words does that resonate with you gordon
6: yeah no no that was fantastic yeah um uh, makes me wanna i, I want to get up and go and do something that we're going to exercise yeah, or something I know. inspired
0: well gordon we have loved chatting with you and finding out more about you But we have some questions, some quick fire questions that are gonna tell us even more if you'd be up for that. We don't want you to overthink these. We want you to just shout out the first thing that comes to mind when we throw them your way. We've got, uh, is it 100 seconds on the clock?
1: Yeah, 100 seconds, cause 100 years of center court will be serving at about 120 miles an hour. So um, (laughs) you're used to having quick reactions. Um, Should we get to it?
6: Yeah, let's do it, let's do it. All right,
1: let's go for it. Start the clock. All right, doubles or singles? Doubles.
0: Alps or Tropical Island?
1: Tropical Island. Henman Hill or Murray Mound? Henman Hill Classic.
0: Who would be your plus one to the roll box? Uh. Mom. (laughs) Still all (laughs) sparkling. Still. Veggie or vegan?
1: Uh. Veggie. Who is the last person you messaged? My dad's birthday today, so happy birthday, dad. Happy birthday. Oh, happy
0: birthday to him. (laughs) Cat or dog? Dog. Good answer.
1: If I weren't a tennis player, I'd have wanted to be a... Uh, Architect. Aha! Ice cold or room temperature water? Ice cold.
0: Who would you like to be stuck in a
1: lift with? Uh,
6: Billy Connolly. (laughs) Who is
1: your favourite opponent ever?
6: My favourite opponent ever? Oof. Um, Probably Shingo Cunad.
0: Strawberries and cream or
6: fish and chips? Strawberries and cream. Summer or winter? I'm going summer. I like the sunshine. Matt or Molly? Oh, both. I love you both the same. Uh, one day
1: someone's going to commit to
6: that. <laughs> know,
1: someone's going to have the chutzpah to come in and say Molly. You should say Molly. She's much nicer than I am. <laughs> I'll have bribed them before, yeah. Um, one thing that we don't know about Gordon Reed.
6: uh Some people know this, but some people don't. Uh, I'm related to the Proclaimers. Oh, really?
0: Mm. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I heard this. Yes, go on. Yeah. Tell us exactly how.
6: Well, it's kind of a distant, distant relative. Uh, they're actually my dad's second cousins i think so okay um you know they're not exactly like i see them at all the, the family gatherings or anything but i always think that's a pretty a pretty good one to say that yeah, is a good you've one you've got a it? bit
0: of music in the blood there There. Yeah.
6: yeah i mean i don't don't get me to sing i'm a terrible singer but uh <laughs> you know proclaimers are iconic in scotland aren't they so yeah it's yeah. pretty cool and do you think
1: they will walk 500 miles to see you play at wimbledon
6: well i mean it's not not far off 500 miles down to London so
0: <laughs> yeah. challenge is on Gordon thank you so much we've loved chatting with you today but before you go we do need to get your message in a bottle so we can read that to our next guest yeah don't tell
1: us what it is jot it down for us we'll stick it in the bottle for
6: the next podcast
0: Gordon thank you so much we've absolutely loved chatting to you today and I really hope that injury gets better and we, uh, we look forward to seeing you soon
6: oh it was a pleasure guys thanks very much I really enjoyed it have a brilliant Wimbledon thank you very much
1: thank you so much to Gordon Reed. What a lovely guy he was. Really excited to see how he gets on these championships.
0: Yeah, and I tell you what, he's not the only Brit expected to make a name for themselves this
1: tournament. I know, I'm really trying to up my profile.
0: Mm, don't mean you, Matt, uh. I'm afraid. No, but if you are heading to the championships this year, you may well see our next guest around the grounds.
1: Yes, we invited another guest here to Centre Court, a lady who was inspired to get into tennis by none other than Serena Williams. Fair enough, she is amazing. And she's going to be working at Wimbledon this year, doing a brilliant job behind the scenes. Shania Williams joins us. Welcome to Between the Lines, Shania. Hi, how are you guys? Yeah, really good. Just (laughs) checking, this isn't nepotism, is it? There's no relation to the Williams family?
0: No.
2: Okay, fine. (laughs) Affirmative. So, Shania, you're working here this year. Tell us what it is that you're going to be doing Well, this year, I'll be joining Wimbledon Foundation at their kiosk. I'll be just telling people a bit about what they do, helping people around the grounds, and helping people take their picture, do their coin toss, and making sure they use the hashtag to win a towel. Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) I like that. So if I approached your kiosk and said, what's all this foundation about, what would you say to me?
2: Um, I would say, well, Wimbledon Foundation, not a lot of people are aware, but donate about over 2 million to different charities. And how did you get the job? I actually started off in retail, I was working in retail last year and I got that opportunity by being a part of a charity, which Wimbledon Foundation also donates to you called Black Minds Matter. They kind of just dropped it in the group chat. I applied, I got my interview. Um, I worked at Wimbledon, enjoyed it. The atmosphere was amazing. Everyone was lovely. Particularly the chicken katsu curry brought me back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the only reason I came back. to <laughs> get stuck in, yeah. yeah. one of my, one of my chicken katsu really curry. Is. I love it.
0: What does it mean to you then to actually be here, to be working here?
2: It means so much because, um, as you mentioned, the Serena Williams thing. I remember seeing Serena Williams playing, being inspired. And man, Nan would always make a habit of mentioning that we share the same initials. Um, and the fact that Wimbledon is world renowned, man, to be actually on the ground, it means everything. Um, the atmosphere is amazing. Someone who's also working at Championship said to me, I'm walking underground and I feel like it feels like high school musical. <laughs> and I was like, it's actually funny that you say that because everyone I've come across has actually talked about the atmosphere of Wimbledon yeah. and the fact that I'm on the World Around Wimbledon ground the one that I used to watch on television. It just means so much to me. Did you
0: break out into song, into a duet? It has to be done. <laughs> <if you laughs> almost, <felt> like- <laughs> on Henman Hill,
1: almost. I would have
0: joined you. Had I been there, I would have been there with you.
1: <laughs> Moll can find a harmony like that. She would have backed <laughs> you right honestly. It would have sounded I'm amazing. I'm happy to be in
0: the backing vocals as well.
1: sounds <laughs> Sounds fine to me. I'm intrigued. So you said you worked in retail. Mm. What is the thing that you sold the most of?
2: Um, I think it would be the towels and the caps. Yeah, everyone loves those. But I feel like the thing we sold the least of was the ties.
1: Oh, really? They're quite high-end, those ties, yeah, aren't they? High yeah, very high-end.
2: But they are very nice ties. Yeah. Well, well don't, I, I'm sold. <laughs> I'll take three. <laughs> Shanai, who's your favourite player here? Is it biased if I say Serena Williams? Not of at all. Of course not. Go with it. Own it. It's, and I promise it's not because of the surname. It's not just the surname. <laughs> 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 Even if it
0: is, I tell you what, go with it.
1: I watched King Richard, the movie about her dad recently, okay. that tells their story growing up in Compton, deciding they're going to become tennis champions and then accomplishing that. Yeah. How inspirational, as a young black girl, was that story to you?
2: Um, that, that story particularly touched home... Um, Especially as my attitude before working at Wimbledon, I felt it was somewhere necessary not necessarily that I belonged, but after coming here and seeing what Wimbledon's really about, I felt a sense of inclusivity. So seeing that story as well, it was really touching for me.
1: Yeah, she's an amazing pioneer, not only in sort of women's sport, but in black women's sport as well. It's amazing.
0: Absolutely. Now, Shania, you're working here, we're working here. Have you got any advice for us? Because I tell you what, we're here and we will lap it up.
2: I feel like I would say try the chicken (laughs) katsu (laughs) curry you know the way to our hearts (laughs) food first absolutely food food first just enjoy yourself um Obviously, do what you need to do, but enjoy yourself, which won't be hard to do because the atmosphere is lovely. Everyone is lovely and always smiling and happy to help. So just enjoy yourself.
1: So. And obviously you're going to be busy working, but will you get the opportunity to sneak onto Centre Court or any of the other courts and, and watch some of the
2: tennis? I should do. If I get the chance, I'll definitely try and squeeze a match in. I remember I did last year on my lunch breaks, which was particularly fun to do.
1: Yeah, so it's quite a nice thing, isn't yeah. it? To, on your break to be able to stroll past some tennis.
2: Yeah, for free. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was great.
1: Now, you mentioned that You found yourself at Wimbledon through an outreach programme and actually our partners on the podcast, Evian, uh, each year they pledge to give tickets to a different group within the community. And for 2022, we're going to be welcoming youth champions into the Evian Hospitality Suite here. Definitely worth checking out, Shania. Come and hang out. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, And tickets to the tennis as well as a token of thanks for all the work they do with young people in the community. And so that is lovely to see.
0: Shania, what has been one of the highlights for you of working here?
2: Um, well actually I think would be coming to do this I'm just really grateful for the opportunity Oh we're grateful to have Absolutely. you on Absolutely <laughs> thanks for joining us You're a very natural talker It's I'd, great I mean I have been told to have the gift of the gab throughout primary school <laughs> 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 Well join us whenever you
0: want I was going to say
1: it's no wonder they put you front of house on a kiosk <laughs> Yeah
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us I know how incredibly busy you are So enjoy the tournament And we hope to see you around over the next 100%. couple of weeks thank
2: you guys so much
0: Tell you, what, Matt? We are hurtling towards the end of the pod, but in the time that we do have left, I want to find out who we should be looking out for on the court over the next two weeks.
1: Well, who better to share their thoughts with us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't do it, Matt! Don't Charlie, do
1: it! Charlie Eccleshire, he's back with us, our tennis guru. Uh, Charlie, firstly, I feel Disgusted and ashamed of myself, I've yet to offer you a water. Would you like an Evian still or sparkling?
5: Sparkling, please. Yes, oh,
1: he's Charlie, stick with two mole. I, thi- I, knew <laughs> I, I knew he would side with you, mole, because I'm the only one pushing this Eccleshare thing.
0: <laughs> Charlie, you've been looking at the men's draw. Tell us who's looking good now. Will it be Novak Djokovic's year, or do you think we're going to see some magic from Rafa?
5: Well, Novak Djokovic is the big favourite. Won the previous three Wimbledon, six in total. And he's had quite a good draw. You look at the draw and Nadal and Berrettini, who are probably the other two most likely to challenge him, they're both in the other half together. So Djokovic will hope he can kind of move serenely while Nadal and Berrettini and others kind of knacker each other out, leaving them sort of ready to be pulped by him in the final.
0: Can I just ask you, how much of it is down to the draw?
5: Um, I think it's down to it a lot. You know, for players who maybe could get to the fourth round or maybe quarterfinals, when you're winning it, it can make a difference in that Djokovic might get an easy semi final or relatively easy uh-huh. semi final. And then you might have an epic semi final in the other match where they go the distance, play four or five hours. So that can make a difference. And I think. Djokovic would definitely have wanted to avoid Berrettini until the final and Nadal. So I think this is a a good draw for him.
1: I guess whatever the case, that when you get to the final, you are going to be playing the best of the best, the person that's beaten everyone else. What about everyone's favourite dinner companion, our man from episode one, Stan the Man, Stan Vavrinka?
5: Stan's got a really interesting draw, actually. He plays Yannick Sinner, the number 10 seed from Italy. Good player. Um, Stan, though, will be thinking he can win that one, especially off the back of that secret dinner that he'll be cooking himself up the (laughs) night before
0: Uh,
5: and Stan and Andy Murray could meet fairly early as well if they both come through their matches. Well
0: that's what I was going to ask you actually as a Brit I've got to ask you what are we hoping to see from Andy this year?
5: Well he's got a presentable first round draw against the Aussie qualifier James Duckworth assuming Murray's fit, fit enough he should win that one but then he probably would play John Isner in the second round and John Isner Wimbledon fans will know he played the longest ever match here, 70-68 in the fifth set. Mm. Huge, huge server. (laughs) That would be a very tricky match, though Murray, Murray has beaten him many, many times in the past.
1: Well, listen, Mol and I are really keen to properly get behind a player and support yeah. someone this tournament. So we thought we could do a little sweepstakes. Uh, you can play along with this at home too if you want to print off the draw or get it up on your phone and select someone. We're going to choose ours randomly, aren't we? Yes,
0: I can't wait for this, by the way.
1: So I've not really thought this through, so it's not that technical. It's going to involve us holding a pen yeah. and just sort of blindly thrusting it towards Charlie, who's got a piece of paper. Does that sound good?
0: <laughs> Sounds perfect. Sorry about that, this Charlie. This is such a great
1: idea. No, I'm all, <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> all right.
0: Professional way of doing yeah. it, right? Yeah, okay. I'm going to
1: close my eyes and we're going to do one in the, uh, the men's drawer and one in the women's drawer, right? Great.
0: Do you want me to hold this side of the paper, Charlie, Maybe, so that you yeah. don't get sort of attacked by
1: Max? Okay, okay. So I'm just going to close my eyes, take <laughs> this unsheathed biro and thrust it towards the paper, and we'll see who it lands on. I'm so sorry if I stab either of you in the thumb. Here we go three, two, one, boom. I'm going there. Who did I get?
5: Okay, you, that's not bad. You've got Philip Krainovich, who reached the final at Queen's last week. Great. Very 26 good. seed.
1: That's, that could be worse. Gosh, you
0: could go all the way here. Let's Matt. hope
1: Philip Krainovich doesn't leave me crying in a ditch.
0: <laughs> on that joke, I'm going to rescue this and have my go. Don't <laughs> go take the pen. <laughs> right, ready? Like, close those okay, eyes, please. Well, I'm so serious. One, two, three. All right. Oh, I Who'd don't know what I went for in there? for there.
1: Is that Paul Tommy? Tommy that's
5: Paul. Tommy Paul.
0: Tommy Paul, my Tommy. man. Tell me about Tommy Paul. <laughs> Again, you've
5: got a seeded player. Um, seeded you don't 30. sound quite so
0: confident uh, here, Charlie. Yeah, I, I, I
5: don't think that's quite as good as Kranovich, but,
0: yeah, you know. What is his seed?
5: He's 30. Thirty. tell you what,
0: I'll take that yeah. any day. It's not bad. What's,
5: what's Kranovich? He's 26. Ah. Oh, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: neck and neck.
0: He's
5: not neck and neck. He's four <laughs> better. <laughs> out of 128 players to both get seeds you've, you've done well there
0: alright and now for the women's Matt you're up again Yeah, alright here we
1: go uh, I'm going to go there oh I've got you your finger I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm going to go there I mean you're
5: basically at Raducanu I'll
1: probably. take it I'll take it
0: of course he's going to take that. that. I had my eyes closed. Oh, of course he I did. did. You,
5: that is like a bullseye here. Yeah. That's square on Emirat Akanu. It's I meant to be. Definitely
1: take that. Mol? All
0: right, let's see who I'm getting. Come on, Serena.
5: <laughs> it's not Serena. Right. I, I, I can say that much. But actually, well, it's sort of between a couple. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And you get Simona Halep, who's <gasps> the 2019 champion. Yes!
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
5: That could actually be the final. Oh,
0: my gosh.
5: <gasps> you can verify this. Look, there's the pin Yeah, right there. It's sort of between her no, and her no, opponent, you call that Karina right. Mukhova. But I yeah. think that's Hallep. We might have to get Simona a Yeah, it's borderline, but just about Halep. Amazing. I mean, Halep as well, actually. Yeah, you know, it's 2019 champion. That's a, that's a really good one. You guys have done very, very well.
1: Thank you very much. Well, we're keen to know who you are backing in the tournament. You can let us know. Find Wimbledon at Wimbledon on social media. Yes,
0: that's the place to share all your memories of centre court as well. So share
1: yours with us. We'd love to hear what stands out for you. Charlie, always great to catch up with you. Thank you very much for giving us all the inside information. And we'll see you next time when things kick off Monday here at Wimbledon.
0: Come on, Tommy, Paul and Simona Hallop.
5: Imagine if they played mixed doubles together as <gasps> well in this special Molly King dream team.
0: Oh my gosh, I'd have to get a front row ticket. <laughs> So that is it for this episode of Wimbledon Between the Lines in partnership with Evian. It's been a packed one, hasn't it?
1: If you have liked what you've heard, please do tell your friends about it, anyone who loves tennis in your life, and you can give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. You don't miss a moment.
0: We will be back on Tuesday when we'll have another great guest who's going to be sharing their love of Wimbledon with us.
1: Plus, we have some actual tennis to discuss as the championships of 2022 get underway. Oh,
0: it's so exciting. So here is how to get in touch. Find us on social media at Wimbledon and at Evian. Evian Water, and use the hashtag
1: Wimbledon. Thanks for hanging out with me and Moll. It's been smashing. Aced it. Each year, Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK. For 2023, they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation, who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture. The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.